When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills! Welcome aboard. Appreciate everyone stepping in with us. I was just telling Tone, you know, my my, my wife hasn't been feeling um, uh, well, and she's been like a little bit under the weather. And so like yesterday was like summer camp. It was Chinese food and it was pizza. And I'm like, what? Uh, my daughter's home for the summer from college. And I'm like, man, I thought it was like summer camp. And so I'm sitting around going, okay, so it's kind of one of those days. All right, here we go. It's all good. And it, I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just like, Jesus. I'm like, there, there we go. Okay, we got Domino's pizza and we got Chinese food. I don't know. Any I, I don't traditionally start my show out like that, but I'm in a summer camp mode. So indulge me here today. All right. Latest on DeAndre Hopkins. Let me ask you something. Did you have different priorities when you were younger versus when you were older? What did you, didn't you have different priorities? So let me ask you the number one priority on DeAndre Hopkins right now. Okay. Is it winning or money? What is your number one priority? What do you want to do? You're 31 years old in Six days. You're 31 years old. What do you want to do? Are you the same DeAndre Hopkins of five years ago? Probably not. Have you lost a little bit of a step? Probably so. Do you still have those amazing hands? Yes. Why is it the easy go-to for sports media people, especially in Philly, Well, there's not enough footballs to go around. That player is not who he was. He's who he is today. There's not a team on the planet that is going to give DeAndre Hopkins a one-year $23 million deal. Do you know why Odell Beckham got that money in Baltimore? He's a bigger perceived star. He's going to sell more tickets in Baltimore than what Hopkins would. Look at the teams Hopkins has played for, the Texans and the Cardinals. Odell Beckham is a social media magnet. You know, he's got one of the biggest followings. The biggest followings of a non-quarterback in the NFL. Tone says for his entire career, 
He's played with crappy organizations, crappy ownership, and crappy quarterbacks outside of Watson. He's looking for stability at this point. That's Tone's opinion on it, looking for stability. Well, no team that's stable in their right mind would give you a three-year contract on May 31st. Coming off of an ACL injury and you becoming 31. Who in their right mind would do that? A panic organization would. See, like I said, you're not putting all... Some go, and they continue to say this. I just don't see how it could fit. So wait a minute. Let me let me put that statement out there one more time. I don't see how it could fit having DeAndre Hopkins on your team. If you can't figure that Rubik's Cube out, you're fired. You're fired. Now, are there going to be teams that have more of a priority need for Hopkins? Is that going to be high on? Here, I think that's a fair question. How high on the pecking order chain is that a priority for Howie right now? You know what it's probably? Here, I would say this. It's intrigued him. Watching how this guy operates, I wouldn't say, like, you know, sometimes when you walk by something, you go like this. I want that. I need that. That's something that can help me become a better whatever. You know when you you go, I want that. I don't think he's there saying that. I need that. I want that. I think he says this. DeAndre Hopkins would be a luxury. How could I make it work financially and how could I make it work feasibly for my organization to think that that would be a good move? I think he goes from that area, not from the area that most media people come from, getting to know. I One of my favorite lines of all time, and I use it in my life, I try to get to yes. So if I'm Howie, I'm trying to have a positive output and go like this. One of my receivers goes down, protects me there. You know, it's kind of like the Fletcher Cox $10 million deal. Now, a couple months after them giving Fletcher Cox uh, $10 million a year, that deal looks pretty damn impressive. I like that deal. Especially with all the young players you have at the DT position, right? Looks like how he struck gold again and made the right call. Seven and a half sacks, 10 million bucks. Fletcher's got two young guys. I don't know, man. That that really looks like a good environment. That really looks like a great environment. And how he's really done a, um, a remarkable job with that. So I think he probably comes from this. Eh, I don't really need it. But how could it become... You see, in my opinion, a general manager wants to get value on a player or a situation, three to one. Three to one. See, when you give A.J. Brown that kind of money, $25 million, and you give up a draft pick for him, this is what you got to get back in return. Career numbers, helping my quarterback, and being unstoppable. That's three to one. Because all you do is, I paid him 25 for all that, that's worth it. You see, A.J. Brown is living up to his contract. That's living up to your, and by the way, on top of it with the cherry, you're winning. That's a three to one return. Let's take a look. What did he pay Reddick? 15 million bucks? 
They figured out the Rubik's Cube there. He's one of the top sack leaders. He destroyed Brock Purdy in the NFC title game. He was a force down the stretch. That's three to one return on my investment of $15 million. Okay. That's that that's three to one. That's the kind of shit you're looking for. Darius Slay. Look how many Pro Bowls, all pro teams, since he made that deal with the Detroit Lions. Has it paid off and been beneficial? And they got him on a cheaper deal this year? Three to one, maybe even four to one return on that. Look at the return of investment he got on James Bradbury. Dude. So you got it, and it's harder with Hopkins. It's it is because then we're talking about the three hole in the wide dude. If you were talking about the two hole in the wide receiver position, see personally for me, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I might wait for the season to start and see who gets hurt. Because the receiver's gonna get hurt. Then your value goes up. Then more teams panic. Wouldn't you wait? Get yourself a little more healthier and wait at least until the trading deadline. Why would you do it now? You don't need training camp. You're 31. You want to get 23 million? You're going to get $23 million near the trading deadline. Not on May 31st. Okay. Crow goes, I don't think D-Hop will fit into the Eagles' offense. Plus, he's too expensive. Crow, who, who's going to bid on him? You got four teams bidding on him. Why would four teams start the bidding at $23 million? Have you ever bid on a car or a house? You don't stop, start at top dollar. You start at low dollar. You ever been to an auction? This guy thinks you're going to start. Crow thinks you're going to start the auction for DeAndre Hopkins at $23 million. Why would four teams do that? Why would the Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys, and maybe Browns do that when there's only four teams? All of a sudden, you start at $10 million. Start there. See what happens. See what the market value is for him. The player believes he's still DeAndre Hopkins. He's not. Okay? He's not. Well, Forte, this ain't blind because we know what happened. ACL injury, he's 31, and he's not the same player he was five years ago. He is a game-changing player. Okay? Shit, how do you think the Cleveland Browns got Deshaun Watson? He was going to Arizona. He was, he was going to Atlanta or Carolina. He wanted to play in the neck of the woods where he played his college ball. What did Cleveland do? They bribed him. That's how we got there. <laughs> yeah. So, do I think the Eagles are in the top five? Top ten. But I, I don't think how we can make it work. And I think those other teams, especially the Cowboys and Giants, have to have some interest in this. Okay, I would. Here's here's why. I got to get closer to Philly. You see, more NFC teams like Seattle 
You got to get closer to Philly and San Francisco, more Philly than San Fran. Until San Francisco figures out the quarterback stuff, you're, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And so, yeah, you're to me, if you're Dallas, Seattle, the Giants, I, w- I would say this. Th- those are teams that have to get closer to Philadelphia. The AFC teams really don't. Well, the AFC teams could use them too. Like, I'll tell you what, I'd love to see them on the other side of Ridley down in Jacksonville. Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins, you could make an argument they got maybe a top three wide receiving group. He's going to make some, like, if he goes somewhere and becomes a two, holy shit, man. If he goes to Kansas City, he would be incredible. 49ers, who's throwing him the ball? Sam Darnold? Okay. I mean, get your quarterback situation figured out in San Fran. You are a top three team in the NFC. But you know where your season ends? It ends either in the second round of the playoffs or in the NFC title game. You have no other ceiling other than that until you figure that thing out. Which you haven't been able to figure out but one time with Kyle Shanahan where you guys went to a Super Bowl. Okay, what one thing I want to um, I want to say about Howie Roseman. I was listening to the Chris Long interview that he had with um, with Howie Roseman, and those two guys were going back and forth. I never realized, and the more you do your due diligence on him, and the more you do the homework on him, the more you start to understand a little bit in his process and how he's creating that environment in there. I didn't know, for instance, that when he was put in the broom closet, he was actually traveling around Europe with R.C. Buford, the former general manager of the San Antonio Spurs, who built that dynasty into what that dynasty was with Greg Popovich. And those guys went around Europe and they were talking and they were looking at basketball guys I thought it was interesting that he would go outside the NFL and get advice on how you run your organization and maybe this speaks to why Doug Peterson at the end was one of the issues for Howie Roseman you know what R.C. Buford said it was the easiest thing I ever heard but the smartest thing I ever heard you know how he goes how did you build these how did you build these Great teams in this dynasty with San Antonio. You know what he said? I hired people that I wanted to go to work with every single day. People I wanted to be around every day. And it made work enjoyable. Now, you have to be talented, of course. You're not going to be in those buildings unless you're not talented. But I thought for me, God, isn't that simple? Hire people you like to be around. Hire people that you enjoy going to work with every day. And one thing that has caught my eye over the last three years covering the Eagles is that that is the environment at NovaCare. Everybody enjoys going to work because you know why? You hear the players saying it. 
You, you, you hear coaches saying it. You see positive energy. What, what, what's the thing we talk about all the time? Um, momentum. You see the momentum that the Eagles have. Even after a Super Bowl loss. I thought it was really a poignant moment when I heard him say that to Chris. That, man, I just, I'm hiring people now that I enjoy being around. Dude, people can have opinions. I'm sure he values a lot of people's opinion in the building. But that's what's changed the culture in Philadelphia since Andy Reid left. They've learned so much from Chip Kelly. There must have been so much hatred in that building for Chip Kelly that listening to Chris Long and Howie Roseman talk, about, dude, you got to have people in the building everyone enjoys being around or it's going to be counterproductive. You don't want to go to work. You, 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 you despise the people that are in the cubicle next to you, in the locker next to you, the whole nine yards. So no wonder they were very protective of Jalen Carter when that media guy went after him. Because can you imagine the people that have gone and done their work and have done all the homework on Jalen Carter to have some guy who didn't do any due diligence, but maybe asked the position coach or some media guy down in Georgia about Jalen Carter and who he is to get such a lame outlying line like that was probably insulting to them because of all the people that do their work and count on one another and trust one another. I thought it was a great interview. We took a lot of things away from that, too, and we're going to have some topics here in a second on it, how we made some comments. But to me, R.C. Buford, I see it. R.C. Buford, I would say this point to you. R.C. Buford, Greg Popovich, the Patriots, they have a lot in common with one another. All role players, everyone knew their role when they came into the building. Everyone enjoyed going to work. You can't have that kind of success and not enjoy going to work every day. You, you just can't. There, it's not possible to show up. Dude, you guys know this. Working in your own lives. You guys just can't show up and go, hey, this is a really great place. And put a stupid face on knowing full. I've done that. And I'll tell you this. I've, I said this to you before. I worked in Miami at WQAM for the uh, market manager that you have in Philadelphia. I hated 99.9% of the people in that building because that environment sucked. I was at Clear Channel for 16, 14 years, 14 and a half years. I hated one guy. I loved 99% of the people, even out the door. 99.9% of the people. And I was there 14 and a half years in one, one job. And I enjoyed it. I was there 11 months and I hated my life. And I made twice as much money. Because the one guy in the building made the place unbearable. Happens. Places around in sports, that that is so essential. And to hear Howie talking, okay? And to hear, and to hear Howie talking, how the environment is like that at the Novacare Center, okay? Okay? Steve goes, but did 99% love you? That's not important whether you like me or not. It's important that I like you, Steve. I don't give a shit if people like me because if I cared about 
who likes me, I would never love myself. And in this profession or in anything in life, you've got to have the confidence in yourself. Dude, I'm not here looking for people to love me. I'm looking for people to watch me and have fun here. If I cared about what people thought, I'd be in a mental home. Okay? I just, you know, I just, that, that for me is the most, I learned that a long time ago in this business. If I cared what people wrote on social media or what people said about me, I'd be a basket case and I'd have been out of this and people would have beat me. You're not beating me. You can't beat me. You can't. You cannot beat me. You won't. Not happening. I beat myself. Yes. That's the only person that's beat me. Has been me. Okay. I sound like I'm crying. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't Hey, I, I sell for some reason. I just went off the rails. I, okay. Anyway, let's. I heard something on that interview with Chris Long that I, I have to ask you this. Okay. What was the best team that Howie Roseman has been general manager for? And I'm going somewhere with this new. 2017 or this last year team? Okay. Dan just had a shroom flashback. (laughs) Okay. Sure. What was the better team? The 2017 team? Or the 2022 team. He beats himself. I got it now, Takeem. Thank you very much. Such a Philadelphia sports fan. And so in the gutter. But I do love it. (laughs) Neil's asking me a fumble. Yeah, man, don't worry. No, no, we're good. It's all good. I'm sorry I went there now. Michael goes last year. A couple more responses. The team that won the Super Bowl, Brian said. Okay, the Super Bowl team. Interesting. 22, says JM. Howie's answer was correct. 2017, because they won it all. That's the, that is the common thought process. Okay, last year's team, 17 coaches. Okay, enough here. I, I, I got enough here now. So let me ask this question now. Do you have to win a championship to really know what team is better or was better? You had one game, one weekend of the year where a team was better than you by about seven minutes. And you think that that determines that seven minutes in the Super Bowl Determined what team was better. I, I and, and by the way, for the record, how he said the 17 team, because he thinks like some of you. He thinks that, you know, you got to win the chip. Do you? I mean, do you, do, do you look at Dan Marino and say that Trent Dilfer is a better quarterback than him because he won a Super Bowl? Or that Joe Flacco... Um, is is better than Dan Fouts? Because they didn't win. Or Charles Barkley. So are you trying to tell me that you think 
Um, let me see. Sam Jones is a better basketball player than Charles Barkley. I mean, right? We need a chip is all that matters. Really? So, seven minutes of a football season that the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl in 2022, in your opinion, means that the 17 team was better than the 22 team because of seven minutes in a ball game. Yet you gave up 500 yards in total offense, well over 500 yards in total offense versus Tom Brady. Okay, it's Brady. Got it. The GOAT. So you that's a good point, Bob. So you think football, you think the Buffalo Bills going to four straight AFC championship games and winning them, losing four Super Bowls. They're not one of the greatest teams of all time. A field goal. A field goal. You think that the Giants were better. Or a missed field goal. A missed field goal. And that Buffalo Bills team, who won four AFC titles, is not considered one of the greatest. Why else play, Eleven says. I think it's a great question. I do. So you guys think that 2014? Let me ask you this one. You think the 2022 team? Or do you think the 2014 was better? You were playing Brady, too, in that four game. Okay, you were playing Brady. And that thing, too. Okay. By the way, Chris Long said last year's team was better than the Super Bowl team. Last year's team, he said, was better. Said it they were more dynamic on defense. They had better playmakers than they had. But how he went, you guys won it, though. I kind of sided with Chris. I don't think seven minutes decides whether or not you – dude, if you got blown out in that game and it was evident – how many people really believed that Kansas City was the better team? Why do I come away from that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, thinking that the lesser team – the lesser team won the Super Bowl? Kansas City, in my opinion, is not a better team than you. They had a better night than you. Can, can we do that? And some of you are going to go, Sills, you have all... I, no, I'm, a, I'm asking. Because I'm, I'm, I thought it was a great debate. So are you trying to tell me, really, that you thought the, the best team won that Super Bowl? Did you think the best team won that Super Bowl? I do not. That's probably what really kills you in there a little bit more. Because you kind of know in your heart, you're like, that team is not better than that team. How about this? If You see, you know what's great about the NBA playoffs, which start tomorrow? Dude, in a seven-game series, you get who the best team is. I mean, at the end of the day, 
And so would go like this. So wait a minute. Here, here's another one for you. So do you guys really believe that the Miami Heat are a better team than the Boston Celtics? Did you, did you, do you, or hey, the Heat versus the Nuggets. You would look at the Nuggets and go, the Nuggets are superior. I don't know. Robert Ory's got seven rings. He's got more rings than Larry Bird. He's better? You think Robert Horry's a better player than Larry Bird? <laughs> or LeBron James because he's got more titles? Well, he's got more titles than, than LeBron. He's got seven championship rings. Is he better than Tim Duncan? <laughs> I wonder if it matters more individually than it does team-wise. I think your 2022 team is the best assembled, talented roster I've seen. I'm trying to think of the best rosters I've ever seen. In the salary cap era, give me a better team than the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles in the salary cap era. Salary cap. The Colts, the Colts Super Bowl, Freeney, Harrison, Wayne, Dallas Clark, Peyton Manning, Bob Sanders. That's a pretty good roster. Plus the running back was Edger and James. No, was the Mark. Was it Edger and James? I think it was James, right? Rams. They had Falk and Warner, two Hall of Famers. Jeff Saturday was on that Colts team. Seattle Super Bowl. Seattle had a great football team. Lost to the Steelers. Buccaneers. That salary cap 2002? One, 2001, the Bucks. Sap, Brooks, Ahanatu, Simeon Rice, Barber, Lynch, Allstott, Ward Dunn, Keyshawn. But it's a good football team. That's a good football team. That's a good football team. So you guys do believe that you have to have the championship chip to call yourself the best. Okay, I just, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Here, 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 here's where I come from this because I kind of tied it in. My 1987 national championship Miami Hurricane team was nowhere near as good as the team the year before when Penn State upset us. They were not better. I can't usually say that publicly, but when I heard Chris Long say that, I'm like, dude, the next year, it was all of our backups that won the national title. They were all of our backups. Any positions that they had were our backups. We were a better team, but that night we lost. Circumstances were crazy, but we lost still. It's an L. The next year we won it undefeated. But I will always contend that the year before, we had the better team. 
Shit, I would even say that 2001 Hurricane National Championship team, I don't think it was better than the 2002 team that lost to Ohio State in the national title game. I think that team was better than the 01 team. And the 01 team put a bunch of guys, they almost put as many guys as we, we put 65 guys in the pros off an 83-man roster at Miami in my 86 team. My 86 team put 65 guys in the pros. Junior, senior, sophomores. Okay? So I, I liked when I heard Chris Long say that. He was like, so, you know, he was talking to Howie, and he was saying that, you know, I thought the 2020, I think the 2022 team was better. It's just here. Does this sound better, Tone? The 2022 team was a better football team than the 2017. The 2017 team is more accomplished. They're more of an accomplished team because they won the Super Bowl. The 2022 team was the better unit, I think. Okay? Foles played out of his mind, but Hurts played out of his mind all year long like that. And it was one guy on the horse. It wasn't two dudes. It was a whole different thing. So the 17 team is the most accomplished team in Philadelphia Eagle history. Plus, they won 17 games that year. I mean, they won 17 games. But the 2022 team had the most talent on it. It was the most talented football team, the Philadelphia Eagles. If, if someone goes, Sills, what's the most talented football team in the Super Bowl era that the Eagles have ever had? It would be the 22 team. More than the 04 team, the 17 team, the 80 Super Bowl team, um, the McNabb Super Bowl team. I would say that to be fair. Okay. All right. I want to get into this other topic here. And by the way, I think there's going to be some free agents that are going to be, actually, let's do that now. Now I know why you guys are talking to me about Patrick Queen. I did some research on it. There's a really great chance Tomorrow he'll be released by the Ravens. You're right. He's a linebacker. Here are the big names that I think are going to be first up on the list. June 1 is where you have to have your 90-man roster set for camp. Okay? These are four people that I'm hearing right now. Dalvin Cook will be cut. Don't be – hey, I'll tell you what. Boy, I sniff out the Cowboys in that one. You remember something? Every single football team in the NFC has to catch you. Okay? They have to catch you. And there's some significant dudes here. DeAndre Hopkins is out there, so you add that guy to this mix. Ryan Tannehill might get cut. There's a chance Tannehill, because of the money that he makes, he gets cut June 1. I think it's a 50-50 deal that he gets cut. Could he go to the Raiders because of what's going on with Garoppolo? He might be cut. Now, I don't think Mike Vrabel wants to sit there and plug the new kid in. Could that be a place where Wentz goes? I don't know. I'm just saying Ryan Tannehill's name is getting thrown around 
because he makes a ton of money that he may get cut come June 1, make roster spots. Dalvin Cook, Ryan Tannehill, Patrick Queen, and here's the other one, Shaq Barrett. Now, he's coming off, I think, if I'm not mistaken, what did Bruce Arians tell me two nights ago? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Shaq Barrett's coming off of an Achilles injury. That's an old man's injury. So, I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of training camp. Shaq Barrett, linebacker, um, he's still recovering. Would Shaq Barrett be something that the Eagles would invest in and sign? And he could be ready by the start of the season or the first at least quarter poll of the season? Or are you looking and circling yourself right now for Patrick Queen? Now, here's the other guy. I do not believe that they are going to cut this man. I do not believe that the... um, that the Bucks would cut this guy, but Devin White, I don't think. I do not think that they will cut him. But we're talking about a guy who wants a three-year contract extension, and he's a $20 million guy. But the Buccaneers are in cap hell right now. Okay. Got to kick the tires on Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett's a heck of a pass rusher and a, a skilled linebacker. He, he's, he's, he's a skilled linebacker. Okay? Skilled. Big picking goes, Patrick Queen makes the most sense. Devin White for a second round. They may cut him. Wait until the... See, Era, ERA, I would say this. Yeah, it's okay. Second rounder for Devin White plus 15 million. See, here's why I like that deal, what you're saying. I'm not going to sign him to a one-year contract, though. I want him on a three-year deal, 15, 20, 25, something like that, or 15, 18, and 20. And here's why. He's 25 years old. He's been a captain for three years on the Bucks. You could keep that guy in that linebacker position. Remember what I told you about getting a return on investment three to one? That guy could be the inside middle linebacker, and then you could probably play around with Nicobe on the perimeter on strong or, or strong side or will linebacker, and you could play around with him and help him come along more with Devin White in the middle there, and that guy gives you three to one return on investment. He's a superstar player. He could be in your defense for 10 years, and he's going to play behind your two biggest investments that you've made in the draft the last two years. See, this is something else that I think Eagle fans aren't plugging in here. You're going to have a one-year player who's never started in the NFL in Jordan Davis or never been considered a starter yet, Jordan Davis, and you're going to have Jalen Carter, and you're going to have a rookie. So your triangle has zero experience in the NFL. Every coordinator on the planet, I don't care how much talent you think they have, they're going to attack that because they attack knowledge in the NFL. They don't attack names. 
They attack knowledge. They're going to come right at you. That's why having a guy like TJ Edwards or Kaiser White, who are experienced professionals, was such a huge factor last year. And then when you got two more professionals in Linville Joseph and Adamic and Sue, you got two more pros. That team last year had all those professional mentality men that knew how to play the game on that defense. You don't have that this year. You got it in spots. What does that mean when I say that? You had that all over the team last year. Now you have it in spots. Well, anytime you use the word spots, that means you have holes. There's more holes on this defense this year than by far there was last year. And the holes on the defense last year, limited in run-stopping, Linebackers couldn't cover backs and tight ends. And the safety struggle in the middle of the field against high percentage completion quarterbacks. That actually was a two-year thing. Actually, all three of those things I named were three-year issues that you had in your defense. You were exceptional on getting to the quarterback. You were great on zone coverages. You were never asked the press coverage because that's not what they did because they didn't play very many good people. They didn't have to worry about that. They played center field all year. They weren't, they weren't a duo like they have in Dallas. You see, your duo you think is better, but you don't play man coverage. Now, some would go, but that's by design, okay? But don't sit there and tell me you have the best. Because when you were asked to play man in the Super Bowl, you ran into one another. When, you, when, when they were passing wide receivers off, Andy Reid made the defensive backs on the Philadelphia Eagles last year look like it was the Keystone Cops. You were running into one another. Go back and watch this. Go back and watch the fourth quarter, especially. You were running into one another. Knocking guys off routes that were covering wideouts, but they were your own guys. Made it out of the NFC with holes, Eagle said. Yeah, you played the Giants. And you played Christian McCaffrey in the uh, 49ers in the title game. You were never threatened last year in the NFC. You were never threatened. And it wasn't, and the NFC's not very good. The only team in the NFC that can win the Super Bowl are the Eagles. There's six teams that can win the Super Bowl in the AFC. Six teams. In, in the NFC, there's not a team outside of Philly that could win that thing. You're not beating the Bills and the Bengals if you're the Seahawks or the Cowboys. Let's take the Eagles out of the conversation. What team do you really think could challenge the Chiefs in the Super Bowl from the NFC? Name me one. The Cowboys? The Seahawks? The Niners, well, figure out the quarterback and get back to me. Okay, now, the Niners? You think the Niners, with Christian McCaffrey playing quarterback or Brock whatever playing quarterback, is going to beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes when they just beat, I said, the best roster that the Eagles have had in the Super Bowl era? Not likely. See, this all ties in what we're talking about here. Saints can beat the Chiefs 
the Bengals, the Bills, the Jags? Could they could they beat the Chargers? Not a chance. The Saints? There's you if you take Philadelphia out of the equation in the NFC, it's JV. So you think, Tyler, the Lions could beat the Chiefs, the Bengals, or the Bills in the Super Bowl? Never. They beat them by 40 points. They beat them by 40. There's there's nothing in the NFC. Like I said, take the Eagles out of the NFC. Here, I wrote something down here. Here are the best rosters. Look at this. I can't believe... This is all like kind of like tying in here. Here, Here's the best rosters, in my opinion, in the NFL. Not teams. Here's the best rosters. Right now, on May 31st. The Eagles are one. I think they got the best roster. Even with the limited cheese, uh, cheese, uh, Swiss cheese defensive holes you have, you still have really good talent on that side, especially in the... Especially in the premium positions. What is that? Pass rushing and corner. Now, I'll tell you what. We'd have more of a problem with the Eagle defense if they were limited at corner and couldn't rush the passer. Because then you'd be the Bears defense. But you're not. Are you going to get 70 sacks? No. But I think you come in at 50-something. That puts you still in the top three. Your corners don't play press. However, that's not what they're asked to do. Okay? They're limited up the middle, like I said. Now, here's the one thing the Eagles have where you have to always put a pause on it and put a doorstop in it. You know what it is? Dude, you did draft Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter back-to-back defensive tackles in your last two previous drafts. There's got to be something to it, and I believe that. And I I believe that. So I, 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 I'm, I buy the hype. I buy the hype. They're big, they're physical, they're talented. Whether we think the guy's the 22nd pick or the 13th pick, he's still a first-rounder. Who gives a shit at the end? Watch this about Jordan Davis. You know what you're not going to hear me say? 13th pick, 22nd pick, I don't give a shit anymore. Go, Go play ball, kid. Whether he lives up to it or not, go play ball. Be an impact guy. You're a a first-round draft choice. Who cares? Unless he was the number one overall pick, I don't care anymore. Go play. Go, go. We're now in year two. I don't give a shit about that where you were. Go. You think anybody cares that Jason Kelsey was a six rounder now? You think anybody cares that Jordan Mulata was a seventh round draft choice? You think anybody cares? Nobody gives a shit about that. He's a Pro Bowl talent. It's time to get over that stuff. Seriously. With, with, with Jordan Davis, including me. Time to get over that. No one cares anymore. You're either going to be a ball player or you're not. Well, he's not going to. Well, then guess what? Let's see what kind of ball player he is. So he turns out to be a third round talent. You keep a third round talent on your football team anyway. Josh Sweat was a fourth rounder. Nobody cares. Let's move on. I think the Eagles have the best roster in the NFL. Again, for the second straight year. Wait till I get into this Howie Roseman topic. 
I heard something and I dissected it. The only way that I could dissect it. And I, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation on what Howie's doing and how he's building the roster and how I took away from it. I got the 49ers as the second best roster. Again, quarterback, you got to figure it out. They got the second best roster. Do you know do you know what more of the shame is in San Francisco? You have that roster. And do you know what you're doing in San Francisco right now? You are wasting every single bit of leverage you've have will ever have in that organization. I'll tell you here in a second. Weapon goes we got away with murder with last year's schedule. If Hurts didn't boss him so fast, we was talking to quarterback, and we were taking a quarterback in this year's draft. Hey, but he did. Okay? But do you know what San Francisco is wasting right now? Look at what they're wasting. They're wasting away with all that talent. You spent $20 million on Javon Hardgrave. Okay. Overpaid, but whatever. But here's where you're missing it. What was the biggest advantages on how John Schneider and Bill Belichick built those two franchises over the last 15 to 20 years? What was the biggest advantage? Their quarterbacks were taken in later rounds. How he's utilizing that right now. Brady was a sixth rounder. Russell was a third rounder. I told you the story before. They had a backup quarterback for the first two years. Russell Wilson was a starting quarterback in Seattle, making more money than him. The backup quarterback, shit, the backup quarterback was making more money than Jalen Hurts last year in Philly. But what were they able to do? They were able to go into free agency. They were able to give contracts to players and corners and people like Darrell Rivas, keep guys like Hightower on the team, right? They were always going to be cap integrity, but they were going to pay the premium positions. Seattle built that defense. And get this, if you look at all the players that they built that defense with, the majority of them were taken in later rounds, not the first round. Guys like Cam Chancellor. But they used the leverage that they had with not having to pay their quarterback $35, $45 million, whatever it is. You're losing that. Every year that San Francisco doesn't figure out the quarterback, you lose that leverage that you have on building your roster. John Lynch has a roster that he's going to start having to He's assembled a great roster, but he doesn't have the captain on the ship right now. That's why they're limited in how far they go. He knows it. ERA, the Niners are a Lamborghini with flat tires. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. You're a boat without a rudder. Care what it looks like. You're not going nowhere. Still, you're waste, but you're wasting a great roster. Here, let me put it to you this way. If Jalen Hurts was on the 49ers, nobody would beat him. 
because I do think that's a phenomenal roster. But Jalen over Jalen takes the Niners. I got the Bengals third, underrated defense. I think the Bengals are the team to beat, actually, in the AFC this coming year. I think I, I think they are the team to beat. I think they got the best roster. Joe Burrow is a great leader. He's a great quarterback. I think the Bengals are the team to beat in the AFC. By the way, last three years, they've been sensational. Now they got to win it. I got the Bills four. Bills, in my opinion, I think they got a 10-year window with that quarterback. I think the Jaguars are fifth. I think they got the fifth best roster. I think the Chiefs are sixth. I think they got the sixth best roster. I got the Dolphins seventh. I think they're loaded. I got the Lions eighth. I think the Lions have more talent. Hey, would you guys agree? When I look at the Lions, especially when they get Jamison Williams after his suspension, I would say the Lions have more talent than the Dallas Cowboys. I don't have a problem saying that. Cowboys running back position, I don't know. Okay? I mean, their wide receiving core, kind of upgraded with Brandon Cooks. Tight end position is terrible. Um, the offensive line is getting older. But I want to show you one thing before I continue here. Well, let me finish. I got the Seahawks 9. I got the Chargers 10. These are the 10 best rosters. The 10 best rosters. Not teams. Rosters. Eagles 1. Niners 2. Bengals 3. Bills four, Jags five, Chiefs six, Lions seven, or excuse me, Dolphins seven, Lions eight, Seahawks nine, Chargers ten. I could put the Jets there. I could put the Jets there. Again, the, these are the best rosters. But as you guys say, you got to win the championship even though you guys know in your heart that the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles were the better team in the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs beat you. So the lesser team won. The, the, the lesser team won. Every single one of these teams have great rosters. But what do they all have in common? They got quarterbacks who have been in the MVP conversation the last year, put up great numbers, and look how young they are. Bengals working on a new contract for Burrow. Bills just got a brand new deal done for Allen. Lawrence still on a rookie deal. Chiefs, Mahomes, they've gutted the team, still won the Super Bowl. Tua, they picked this option up. Lions. A reclamation project in Jared Goff. You know what's funny also about this list? <clears throat> There's three teams on this list that didn't have first-round quarterbacks. Eagles, Niners, well, Trey Lance. I don't know. You want to count? You could count it like a half. And the Seahawks, 
all of them were either the first pick in the draft or first round draft choices. Niner guy all day goes, Hertz isn't all that either. 22 passing touchdowns. Yeah, but you're not looking at the most important number. He had six picks. Look at the differential when it comes to touchdown to interception ratio. That to me is the one thing that wins games, not turning the ball over. I think you missed the point there, Niner. Like maybe I did early on in the season of last year for Hertz. Hertz also went for a double digit in touchdown runs. And in my opinion, those are low percentage plays. This guy has a Tom Brady mentality of what? You may not throw for 55 touchdowns, but who cares if you throw for 55 touchdowns and you have 21 picks or 15 picks? You turn the ball over in critical situations. Okay? I mean, the Eagles do not turn the ball over and they win first down. So, I mean, just between Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders a year ago, you had over 21 touchdowns. I mean, just between those two guys running the ball. The number one thing in the NFL to win football games, the Eagles have figured out. Win short yardage, stop the run as best you can, and don't turn the ball over. And they mastered it last year. Hey, there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes had a sensational season, and he ended up closing it up by winning the Super Bowl. He's, he's a generational player, no doubt about it. But the Eagles got there also by playing great football, turnover-free football, and injury-free football. That's how they won. It's a smart approach. It's not, it's not fancy. Even though at the end of the day, you know what you do? You look up and you go like this. Damn, they put up all those numbers? Was it really dramatic, though, was it? And you're like, shit, man. That's still some good ball. Right? That's still some great ball, man. So they're turnover issues. And by the way, once again, when it comes, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to have this three-headed conversation in the NFC. And again, my point, once again, the NFC, I mean, what's the challenge? How many people really believe that Daniel Jones is the, dude, Daniel Jones, I, I can't believe, I feel like, I feel like doing this. Daniel Jones, why do I think Jeff Hostedler's better? I mean, when I look at Daniel Jones, do I see one of the great giant quarterbacks? I see a Dave Brown. I see Dave Brown when I see him. Maybe a better Dave Brown. I, I, I mean, right? Do you guys, do you guys even remember who Dave Brown was? I did. Am I right? I mean, when I look at when I look at Daniel Jones, I go like this. I don't know a better Dave Brown. Remember that guy played quarterback for them. Is he better than? Is he better than Kerry Collins? I mean, the thing about the Eagle offense is that. It wasn't really flashy. It was produ- productive and efficient. Makes make mistake free. I could get behind. Yeah. Anytime. Well, here here here's a comment. 
Here's, here's what Jimmy Johnson used to say to us, whether it was the Cowboys or whether it was at the University of Miami. It's not about spectacular plays. It's about not making the dumb plays. The team that makes the – it's not the team that makes the greatest plays in the game that wins the Super Bowl. It's the team that doesn't make the stupid mistakes during a game. And when you make the stupid mistakes, you drop the ball in the Super Bowl. You're, you're doing coverages in the fourth quarter that you hadn't done all year when you started playing press coverage. Things that you didn't do and you came out of character and you weren't prepared as your coordinator for that game. That, to me, again, is why the lesser team came away from Arizona and everyone in Philadelphia, I'll tell you this, that loss by the Eagles could have set that franchise back just like it did Atlanta. Look at what Atlanta's been digging out of for the last, what is it now, five years since Brady won that thing? Four years? I mean, he sent that franchise into the toilet. Into the toilet. They, they never, they haven't, I don't think they've recovered since that season. I don't think they've recovered. And then you turn around and again, like I said, who do the Eagles have to, I mean, you look at the Eagles in the NFC. I mean, Dallas, okay, because Dallas plays great against Philly. It's a rivalry. And quite frankly, I would say the best rivalry in the NFL right now in the NFC is Cowboys and Eagles. It's not Bears and Packers. Are you kidding me? That's not watchable. Jordan Love and Justin Fields, please don't wake me up for that. Okay, don't wake me up for that one. 49ers and Rams, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, but I mean, Detroit, Minnesota could be something. Seattle, San Fran's not bad. Dude, but it's Cowboys and Eagles. Those will be the two best teams inside their division playing against one another for an opportunity to go to either the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship. Um, Five-star 49ers, the Rams and Sean McVay does a great job on him. Okay? I got a spin on Howie Roseman. I heard something, and I, I, I want to throw this at you here. I'll tell you something. I heard him on that Chris Long podcast, and it is a ton of content. And I got to listen to him, how he sees things a little bit more. That R.C. Buford and that conversation that he was talking about on how he hires people to have a great environment at the Novacare Center, that, that comes from the owner, too. But I, there's a spin on what he's doing with your roster now that I loved. I want to hit on that. Hey, by the way, remember something I told you? My friend Jason Cole is going to come on with us in hour three. Be nice to him. You know why? He's going to vote for Eric Allen. I need you guys to be nice to that guy. And I'm not just putting him on for shits and giggles. This is why we put all the Hall of Famers on when it comes to voting. I tried to get Rick Goslin. 
Rick's having an unfortunate circum circumstance go on in his family. He's also on and the chairman of the committee. Okay? That's why these guys are on. They're on for you, not me. I don't give a shit. I don't have to have guests. Okay? I don't. Hour number two, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Rick Sales National Football Show. I'm going to get to Howie Roseman here in a minute. Please hit the like button. And we so appreciate you guys coming aboard. By the way, I have a question for you Philly sports fans and you Philadelphia sports fans. I thought Scott Rowland hated the Phillies in Philadelphia. Why are you honoring him and putting him into your wall of honor with the Phillies? He doesn't consider himself a Philly. 
He considers himself a cardinal. Why are you honoring him? Why? Because he's going to the Hall of Fame? Not me, dude. I'm not honoring anybody who hated his time in Philadelphia and saying that you belong with the great baseball players in the history of that franchise. You hated being a Philly, and yet you're honoring him? What kind of mentality is that? I thought you had some backbone. I thought you had some cannolis to not go with just a crowd. What the hell is that? Scott Rowland hated being a Philly, okay, who typically makes those type of decisions. It's got to be the owner. It's got to be – I don't think the general manager, I don't think Dave Dombrowski made that call. Dude, Scott Rowland hated Philly, and you're honoring him? That'd be like honoring Ben Simmons. I mean (laughs) – <laughs> it'd be like having a Carson Wentz night at Lincoln Financial hey Carson thank you so much shit Carson actually makes more sense because he at least did win a Super Bowl ring at least it, how about this everyone would hate it at least it, you'd go like this hey listen the guy sucked in the end but he was on that Super Bowl team tell me that hey See, one thing I've started to understand something about the Philadelphia sports fan, you kind of think like me. Watch this. Okay, I hate the guy, but he did win a ring. He was on that team, and he did have an MVP that particular season. He sucked in the end, but hey, okay. Do I want to give him a night? No. But the team felt it? I don't know. Okay, probably hate it. Right? That's how we all would feel about it. We would all go, yeah, but see, there, it, there's at least, well, he did win a ring. That's right, man. Eagles aren't going to put a guy. Do you think they would like honor Orlando Scandridge? Do you think they would honor him now after all the shit he talked about on the Eagle organization? Do you think he would? they would honor him? Come on, man. Scott Rowland. Even I know from a guy from 35,000 feet who loves all sports knows that that guy hated his time in Philly. Hated his time in Philly. Said it publicly, hated his time in Philly. But the Phillies are going to honor him? Man, ain't too many things going right for that organization this year. That's one of them. I was like, how did that guy get on the wall? You don't have to be very special or, or you could just take a shit on your fans. <laughs> I don't know. That's taking a shit on your fans. Or how about this? Maybe not so much that. That's like not knowing the room. You know, that's like, dude, he hated us. <laughs> and we hated him. Yeah, but he was a great player. So what? So what? Dude, Steve Carlton hated everybody. Hated everybody. Doesn't matter where he played. But Steve Carlton was a superstar in Philadelphia. And grew on each other. And everyone tolerated that. Shit, you guys hated Dick Allen. The Eagle, or the Philly fans hated Dick Allen. But then learned to respect him. And revere him. Especially when he went to Chicago and won the MVP award. Did you not? 
right? Okay? Sills, you and I both know your first love is baseball. Football just paid the bills and still does. (laughs) I'm a baseball fanatic, dude. I'm a baseball fanatic. You guys disrespected Dick Allen so much, he's talking shit to you in the sand at first base, writing letters to you and telling you to go F yourselves. He goes to Chicago, wins the MVP, comes back, whole different relationship with Wampum. Dude, I know the whole thing. I talked to Dick Allen about it. My favorite ball player. I love Dick Allen. One vote from the Hall of Fame. You put Harold Baines in and you don't put Dick Allen in? Something seriously wrong with the idiots that vote in baseball. How is Dick Allen not in the Hall of Fame? Dick Allen. Okay, you don't put Dick Allen in the Hall of Fame, but you put Harold Baines. You put Edgar Martinez in, but you don't put Dick Allen in. (laughs) Okay. Because Edgar Martinez was a better player than Dick Allen? Come on. MVP rookie. Dude, I don't have to go through it. Everyone knows how great he was. Okay. Yeah, I know, Chris. Racism played racism played a gigantic role in all baseball players that were even in the 80s. I told you the story. I talked to Barry Bonds numerous times about it. You know why Bonds and, and I Tone knows a little bit of it. You know why Bonds and Griffey Jr. never had great relationships with the media? But the only thing that Griffey had that was different than Bonds was a smile, is that their fathers faced racism in the 70s. Bobby and Ken Griffey Sr. having the N-word thrown at them. Why would they trust media people when they grew up from the time they were 10 years old in the dugouts, seeing their father's shit on? Why would they trust the media? That's why Bonds had an adversarial relationship with the media. The way they treated his father. Every, every, his dad went to like six or five stops. His dad was a phenomenal ball player. 300 homers, 400 stolen bases. Bobby Bonds was a hell of a ball player. I mean, both guys. I mean, one guy played on the big red machine. Incredible. Incredible ball players. But they were kicked in the face with racism. Your fathers are called the N-word all the time. And the media people don't cover. You're calling Bobby Clemente? Who's Bobby Clemente? You mean Roberto in Pittsburgh? Come on, man. Come on. You got to do the right thing. You got to act like a human being. But the writers, still to this day, to some extent, don't do the right thing. And by the way, you're driving African-Americans out of the sport of baseball. You're driving them out. There's less blacks in the game today than there were in the 70s. Figure that one out. Okay, I mean, Mookie Betts is like the first star, superstar black player in Los Angeles in a long time. <laughs> I mean, the home of Jackie Robinson. All right, let's, let's, before I get on to, I want to say this about Mike Tomlin. I want to say this about Mike Tomlin before um, I get into Howie Roseman here. Um. I can't believe Mike Tomlin had the success that he had in Pittsburgh when you got a pothead in Le'Veon Bell and a psycho in Antonio Brown. What Mike Tomlin did and all the winning that those guys did with those two psychos on the team is incredible. Can you imagine 
you have to keep those two guys straight and those two of your star players. Plus, you got a quarterback who's in the lavatory doing stupid shit with women, and you got all of that going around. Hey, you know what's crazy, too? Hey, if that's any other organization, or that's Philadelphia, guarantee you that stuff's more public, and those guys are castrated. But because it was the Roonies and the Steelers, nobody really says anything. So you got a pot-smoking dude in the locker rooms before football games and Le'Veon Bell and a psycho in AB84. And people look at Mike Tomlin and go, that guy's not good? Mike Tomlin is a great coach. Isn't it funny? Le'Veon Bell, <clears throat> he goes somewhere else, completely shits the bed. He was terrible. And, and burned millions of dollars away. Antonio Brown has never been the year in Tampa was good because it got a Super Bowl, but he wasn't anything like he was in Pittsburgh. He wasn't any, he never looked anything near, not even in New England. Well, for the four days he was there or whatever it was. Mike Tomlin, man, he keeps that thing afloat. If the Steelers lost Mike Tomlin, he's the most important man in that building right now. Shit, man, if Mike Tomlin ever left the Steelers, I don't care who my coach is, including Nick Sirianni. I'd call that guy in 10 seconds. And I'd go, hey, you want to be the coach of the Eagles? That'd be like turning down Tony Dungy. Hey, you want to be the coach of the Eagles? Well, who's your coach? Who cares? Nick Sirianni. Unless it's Andy Reid or Carroll or... McVay or something like that. Mike, I would never not want to try to upgrade my coach, especially in environment. It, Mike, Mike, absolutely, Tone. <clears throat> Mike Tomlin keeps the Steelers relevant. He keeps them relevant. And you know what he else he keeps them? He keeps the culture intact, even though it's not the same it once was. Because the Steelers, you know what they used to do? The Steelers chased Lombardi trophies. Now they chase winning records. That's where they are now. You got a psycho that you had to deal with in that wide receiver. And you got a guy who was never focused, Le'Veon Bell, and they were two spectacular players for you. And you got the most out of them? My friends, that's coaching. That is the greatest example of coaching. Guys who weren't focused, guys who were lunatics. Did they play for you? Yes. Did you win? Yes. That's coaching. It's not all about shits and giggles, cashing paychecks and kissing cheerleaders. Okay? It's about all that shit behind the scenes. Okay? It, but if... 11 goes, Pittsburgh's a culture. Yeah, Pittsburgh's a culture because you know why? Why? Because the three coaches keep it that way. Noel, Coward, and Tomlin. Three coaches in 55 years have kept that thing the way it is. Stability. Pittsburgh is that way. Pittsburgh's a better franchise than Dallas. Pittsburgh is more relevant when it comes to winning games than, than Dallas. Dallas, the only thing they sell is the helmet. They don't sell winning. What else do they sell? 
when it comes to football, what do they sell a player? You could be on TV a lot. Okay. You could play the Eagles. Okay. What about championships? Well, we haven't been to an NFC title game in 30 years. Oh, well, then you're not really selling me anything. It's like this, it's like the Lakers selling me Sunset Strip now. You're not a very good team. You don't have any draft choices. You got an aging superstar in LeBron, and you got a guy in AD that shows up occasionally. But hey, it's the Lakers. Yeah, well, that's not good enough for me. Well, Marcus Aldridge even told him that that one time. They were trying to sell him Sunset Strip. He's like, I don't know, man. I want to win some games. Look at over the last 20 years. They got that bubble win with LeBron, and they got the Disney trophy with LeBron in Orlando, right? Look at Kobe's last seven years, or last six years, and then look at LeBron's years in in Los Angeles. You think the Lakers have been good? It's got to be the worst run the Lakers have had since they moved from Minneapolis. I mean, anyway, it's culture. This is what I was listening to when Howie Roseman was talking to Chris Long. Hire people that you like to go to work with and see every day in the building. Isn't that the simplest thing you can do? And you know what R.C. Buford said? And how he goes, no, but what about, he goes, no, no, no. There's nothing else. J.H. One, thank you. He goes like this. No, no, no. There's nothing else. Hire people you love to work with. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have peace of mind at least. If the guy's not talented, at least you're going to have peace of mind. Hey, listen, it didn't work out. I love you to death, but we're in professional sports. Everyone understands that. Travel agent will be with you. We love you very much. Hey, I just bought a house. Hey, man, the travel agent will have your plane ticket. We'll ship all your stuff where you need. And good luck to you. This is professional sports. This is not daycare center. This is not appeasing people like we do in today's society. Making you feel good is not my job. You get paid. We pay you. And you have to go win us games. It's not about who you like. It's about doing right by you. Okay? So, hey, when you got to talk to somebody and somebody looks at you in the face and goes, hey, listen, we're releasing you. How would you like to, how about this release? I have, You know what, Kevin Colbert's been on this and he told the story. So the D-line coach, Lamar Leachman of the Lions, okay, who coached Lawrence Taylor and coached um, Jim Burton, all them guys, was the D-line coach in Detroit. I started every preseason game and this was me coming off a of spring ball getting my life back in order after i almost died from uh being sick with meningitis dude i was on my deathbed i was out of the game for two and a half years sick as a dog i was in a wheelchair for six weeks i couldn't walk my wife girlfriend then carried me to the hospital or i would have died i had a biopsy done on me right in front of her Priests came in and they were talking. They told my family, I don't know if he makes it. I don't know if he makes it. 
I was out of the game two and a half years. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. I built myself back up. I built myself back up. <laughs> Galen, Galen Hall was the Gator coach back in the day when I killed his teams. Um, he, he gave me a shot. I was like 20-something, six, something like that, seven, maybe seven. I just had bad luck and bad decision-making for my NFL career. It was just – so he goes, you want a shot? Tracy Rocker was on that team. You know who I beat out? Tracy. Tracy was the first pick in the World League of American Football second draft. He was a number one pick. I beat him out. And they knew I was going to beat him out. Tracy came to me, and he goes like this. I can't do it. But I knew Tracy had hurt his knee in Washington with the Redskins. Okay? I, 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 I knew he had hurt his knee. Tracy went the out with Lombardi. I thought he was a fine ball player at Auburn. And he and I sparked up a really great relationship. Shit, do you know who else was on that team? Some of you may remember the name Kevin Allen. I think you drafted him sixth overall. He was the largest man, was accused of raping an assistant coach's daughter, which wasn't true. Became friends of mine. I love Kevin Allen. Kevin Allen was played at Indiana, I think. Okay. We played at Indiana. I don't know if you guys remember that. <clears throat> he was a big kid, man. Six six. I mean, he had a waistline like this. I mean, this guy was a horse. Biggest shit, man. I mean, a power guy, and I loved him. So I get there, man. I play. I, I, I make all World League honors. I do all this and that. The Lions sign me. I play every preseason game. They call me in. And this is how they do it to you. They called me in, and they went, listen, it was Ron Hughes at the time and Rick Spielman and Kevin Colburn. We don't want, to, we don't want you to go. I go, okay, what, what is this? Why did you tell me to bring my playbook? He goes, because Wayne wants to do it. And I went like this, Wayne? <sighs> Everyone, assistant coach, general manager, assistant general manager, assistant, assistant to the general manager, president of the team. I was the last player. I walk into Wayne Fonts' office. He goes, I'm keep sticking with Lawrence Pete. We drafted him. Everyone went. So they kept me around for a while. I still have... I still have one of my bonus checks. I show it to you guys occasionally. And they kept me around for about four weeks so I can get the four games on my credit. But they, you know what they said? The travel agent? Thank you very much for being here, doing all you did for us. We know what you did. You started all five preseason games. We know how it's ended. Here's a check for $35,000. Da -da -da -da. Your plane ticket's here. That's how they let you go, man. Okay. Yes, Neil. Correct. So it was they and, and, and years later, my wife met Wayne Fonts. We were at a Buccaneer event because he was an assistant coach. My wife, man, she's not going to put up with anything. She talks a ton of shit to me, but we were in this suite. I have Rich McKay sitting on the right, who's the president of the Atlanta Falcons at the time. We were playing the Falcons, the Bucks, and he's sitting there. It was alumni night. And, um, yeah, man, Wayne Fonts looks over at my wife, who was my girlfriend, then goes, 
one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was letting Dan go. He was a great player. That guy didn't get up but two seconds, and my wife goes, hey, you know what? Fuck that guy. <laughs> and Rich McKay goes like this. Did she just say fuck that guy? I go, yeah, she did. <laughs> she, he goes, that's a keeper. <laughs> uh, he goes like this. That's a keeper. I go, I know. I've been with her for like 10 years already. I've been with her now 30-some-odd years. Yeah. So he goes, that's a keeper. I go, I, I know, Rich. Oh, man. NFL's rough business, my friends. That's why you got a great culture in Philly. And I'm learning more about it. Let me tell you something that I learned also about Howie Roseman. I think you guys are really going to dig this. Um, I'm listening to Chris Long talk to him. And do you know what Howie is doing now? He's getting ahead of the curve. And what I mean by that, he's getting ahead of the curve. Why do you think he drafted Nolan Smith? Why do you think he drafted Nolan Smith? What would be... Okay. What? Why do you think he drafted him? What would be the reason? What would be it? So he can cut Reddick to replace Reddick? Because they rated him high and he was there. You, by the way, there's no wrong answer. Because all of these are great. To establish a culture and hedge against having to pay Reddick again. Ah, you guys are looking too micro. Look macro. Look macro. Not micro. You're looking micro here. Be in the macro here. Remember, he's looking at something and he wants... See, look, you know what he said? Soul. Let me, let me tell you something. He said this. If you see a team doing something in the Super Bowl and people go copy it, you're late. You're late. You're behind. He couldn't have been more right. The teams like New England who are out in front, those are the teams that win and put great cultures together because they're out in front of trends. He drafted Nolan Smith because the new trend is what? These dual threat quarterbacks. These guys that run around. These guys that are mobile. Chasing quarterbacks around. Not just getting to the quarterback any longer, but chasing them. is going to be essential. Which means the league is going to get faster, but it might get smaller. You see, the one thing with this Eagle team, the one thing with this Eagle team that you did. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret 
and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Compared to what they had a year ago, what's the one thing you have? Well, there's two things now. You're more athletic and you're faster. With that comes lack of experience. It's a pretty, when you listen to him talking, hey, I got Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick. Yes, they may be smaller. And that's what the notion that you're thinking. These guys, you couldn't put their hand down and play them as a traditional Rush end. You can't because they're, but those guys are going to be in third down nickel packages 71% of the time anyway. People running at them. How many teams are the Eagles going to face this year that are going to run the ball down their throat, that have an effective running game in the NFC? The Niners? Maybe Seattle? The Giants, you understand this is why Washington was able, because they ran the ball, okay? You need to have faster players today, especially at the perimeter, to not just get to the quarterback, to do what? Contain and set the edge. Nolan Smith fits that bill. Hassan Reddick fits that bill you're faster now with dual threat weapons that rush the passer and chase the quarterback aren't you than you were a year ago you're faster well mobile josh allen trevor lawrence is low is mobile Dak at times can be mobile Mahomes is mobile when needed. Yale goes, the league is moving back to the running game. Yeah, but with the quarterback being the catalyst in that, instead of a feature back, running, the running RPO, now finding, here, this this is where he is thinking now, listening to Chris Long and him talk, the reason why you're not hiring these old farts any longer as coordinators like Mike Martz and these guys can't get jobs anymore is because the game's passed them by. Because why? You're effective more now with dual threat guys 
because most teams live in a salary cap era now. You can't have full teams. By the by the strike of a lightning, and you get a chance to get a quarterback like Russell Wilson in the third or Jalen Hurts in the second, you get the ability to do what? Build your team. The teams that draft quarterbacks in the first round, well, you got a slower build than what the Eagles have because they were able to go and they were able to build their team because of a second rounder. And in that process, Howie saw where the league was going. He saw the Lamar. Actually, I would probably think it started with Kaepernick. And you started seeing these guys come in more. Hey, there's no doubt. Watch this. Josh Allen's just a bigger version of Jalen Hurts. Jalen's smarter. He's smarter in the way he plays the game than Allen. Allen's got to be more patient. Like Jalen, Jalen is more patient because of the shit that he's gone through. I heard him say that too. One of the reasons that Jalen hurts, do this. Do you know what failure teaches you? Failure teaches you patience. When you're sitting behind Tug of Viola and you want to say things and you want to be things and you have dreams of your own and you're sitting there and you're watching something happen, think of the patience that you have to have as a player watching somebody do things that you know or you believe you can do. And then being told you have to potentially go somewhere else and then they st- the Eagles didn't believe in him or they would have drafted him in the first round or somebody else would have. His second round pick, he's not considered elite, nor was he. He was not considered elite. The Eagles didn't consider him elite. Now, you'd go like this. Sills, you're shitting on you're shitting on Hertz. Do you think anybody thought Tom Brady was elite? Okay. Ben goes like this, if you keep failing, all that does is teach you to be a loser. Really, Ben. Look look, look at Ben could never be in baseball. The greatest baseball player in the history of baseball at the plate when it came to hitting was Ty Cobb. And he succeeded at the plate 36% of the time. He had more failure in his life then he did success in his life. It's all relative, my friend. Once again, this is why you sit in the stands and I was down there on the Gladiator platform. It's why you sit in the stands. Okay? So what Howie's doing now, Howie is looking at the game three years from now. Okay. Three years from now, he what does he want to see his defense? Now, look, do you think you got more athletic and faster at the D tackle position? I do. Did you get faster and more athletic at the pass rushing when it came to your perimeter edge rushers? Absolutely. And you got sweat still developing. And you'll transition out of Graham. I wouldn't be shocked next year if the Eagles went out and drafted a defensive end. Okay. 
I wouldn't be shocked if they went and got an end. And ends are going to be a high premium next year. Okay. So again, to me here, Howie was talking about, yeah, man, I drafted Nolan Smith because the game, the game is going towards having to chase these guys down. And if you don't have, how many times do you watch an NFL game where you see one of, like, look at Jalen Hurts, for instance. If I were the Cowboys, boy, I'll tell you what, I need another Michael Parsons. I need another Michael Parsons. Ray goes, Aaron Rodgers waiting behind Favre and his interceptions are always low because he learned how to make better decisions after watching and waiting. Absolutely, Ray. Absolutely. And here's something else I want you guys to understand something about the media and especially like the attack on Jalen Carter. So now there's some sort of erroneous uh, Russian hoax story out there by the pathetic athletic that is now saying that Aaron Rodgers wanted the general manager of the Packers fired. How asinine is that take? And you know what you'll get? You'll get all the white guys in the media defending the athletic. Why in the world would the Packers draft a quarterback, turn around and give Aaron Rodgers, if they hated him so, a $150 million contract? Why in the world would they do that? Did it run out of gas at the end? Yes. But remember something. You drafted Jordan Love first. Then you gave Rodgers the contract extension because he had just won his fourth MVP. Okay? Yale goes, I haven't heard that. Really? All you got to do is look at the front pages of any. Aaron Rodgers wanted his general manager in Green Bay fired. An anonymous executive in the NFL, of course. Nobody can put their name to it because they don't have the onions or the balls to do it. So they'll make something up. Usually when somebody goes, an anonymous source, it's made up. You just make that shit up. Then again, it's the New York media. They got to put headlines out there. No one can double check that or fact check that when you put anonymous source. I mean, the athletic acts like this, like CNN now. Why would you put a story out there like that? That again, are you just looking to shit all over Aaron Rodgers because he's a non-vax guy? Jesus, crimey, get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. By the way, is am I, am I defending Rodgers? No. Rodgers is a tool. But what's the new news here? He hated the GM at the end and the GM hated him. Congratulations. That's why he's a jet. So you came up and concocted a story that he wanted him fired. You're like going back over dumb shit again that didn't exist, but you added a twist to it. Okay, so JM goes, my anonymous sources at Novacare. Well, let me tell you who I know in the building. I know Jeff Stoutland and I know Tracy Rocker. And Sean Desai was also at the University of Miami. Did you know that? Hey, JM, did you know that Sean Desai was at the University of Miami? Did you know that? You got three people in that building. 
you could just look behind me. That program, nothing goes on at that program that I don't know at the University of Miami. Nothing. I'm told every day what's going on, fundraiser-wise, nil-wise, recruiting-wise, play-calling. Who's going to be fired? Who's not going to be fired? You want me to give you a little bit of a tidbit? Miami's going to play Utah. That's not public yet. That's for you. He didn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So he wasn't in recruiting. Sean Desai wasn't in recruiting at the University of Miami. Really? I think you better uh, learn how to Google. Try Google. G-O-O-G-L-E. And uh, Crow, maybe you can Google. Help you out a little bit there. <laughs> oh, man. So again here, um, he's thinking ahead of the game here. He's looking at the team three years from now. Can you imagine what that team could look like if these guys all pan out here? Look how young your defense is. So your edge rushers and your premium rushers are Reddick. And Smith and your two tackles inside could be mainstays. Could could be mainstays for the next 15 years. Pretty amazing what he's doing. I thought it was one of the best interviews. Okay. I thought it was one of the best interviews. I love Sweat. I think Sweat is turning into one of the best Three down lineman you have. If I were to make the comment right now, Sweat's your best three down lineman. Fletcher's probably second. BG's right there. Um, yeah, those would be your your three best uh, defensive linemen. I think Reddick is being used in the correct way. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they how they bring along Nolan Smith. Are you going to give him a lot? Are you going to give him a little? Are you going to put him in a position to win? Are you going to put him in a position like Tennessee put Javon Curse, rushing him like, you know, third down, something like that? Okay. I, I, that's a tone. That's where I got it from. And um, how he goes like this. Was he, was he shocked? Was he shocked he was down there? Um, See, I projected him to be around there because to me, I think he is that tweener kid. You just don't know. Can he, can he, can you really put him down in a, see, this is what they struggled with, with Reddick. You know what? I really love what they're trying to do. They're trying to duplicate players. That's what the Cowboys have done. You, and do you understand? Do you guys understand when I say they're trying to duplicate players? Okay, this is what we did at Miami all them years. And we would try to get a Jerome Brown. We would try to get Cortez Kenny. We would try to get Russell Maryland. And every time you watch guys on film like that, and guys who make plays, guys who use their hands, guys who do all those kind of things, they kind of remind you of one another. And you see skill sets that remind you of that player. 
Cowboys are a great example of that. You look at the running backs that they've had, Zeke Elliott, Emmett Smith, wide receivers, Des Bryant, um, Michael Irvin, go down the list, CeeDee Lamb. They look at guys, there's a reason that 88 is now prominent there. They look at tight ends like Jay Novacek. They want pass catching guys, not necessarily having to be in the run game. So they, they, they like duplicating because we made the comment the other day, Tony Romo, Dak Prescott. Do you guys see any difference? Maybe Dak protects the ball. I know last year he didn't. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe last year he didn't, you know, but most of the, the yards pretty even, right? Seals, who's better? Des Bryant, Michael Irvin. Okay, well, let me ask you, Cosmo. If you had to win a football game, a 60-minute game, would you want Irvin on your team or would you want Des Bryant on your team? I, I, I think it's pretty simple. Who would you want? If, if you had to win a game against a top-flight DB, you're going to pick Des Bryant over Michael Irvin? I'm not thinking I would. <laughs> okay. I mean, to me, the best wide receivers I've I've seen in my lifetime, um, Jerry Rice is one. I played against Rice. I'll tell you somebody I thought was a bitch. You guys pr- probably don't remember him. Man, but I thought I, I thought Andre Risen was a really great player I really thought Andre Risen was a great player obviously T.O. Michael Irvin um, Andre Johnson Andre Johnson's better than Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison Andre Johnson's a great player Um, I, I looked at Marvin Harrison and I saw Art Monk okay you know what I mean I saw Art Monk when I saw Marvin Harrison, it's no disrespect. Art Monk's in the Hall of Fame, or um, Marvin Harrison's a Hall of Fame player. Randy Moss, spectacular talent, probably the greatest talent in the wide receiving core of all time. Rice was the greatest receiver. Moss was probably the greatest talent. Larry Fitzgerald, another freak show talented guy, played with shitty quarterbacks in Arizona. Spectacular. And by the way, he he, he was a nightmare especially for corners. You almost had to have a guy. Darrell Revis and him going against one another was something to watch. I'll tell you, he used to kill a lot of wide receivers. It was Aeneas Williams. Aeneas Williams, man, that was a tremendous defensive back. He had size, speed, strength, hands, technique, and he had an attitude. That guy could play some ball, man. Calvin Johnson was special. Chris Carter, best hands maybe I've ever seen. Um, I know the numbers that Andre Johnson, Scott, put up with shit quarterbacks is unmeasurable with the numbers that he had when he played in Arizona. Uh, Sterling Sharp was – I remember Sterling. I played college ball against him too. He was at, I believe, South Carolina – and we played him, um, I think his final year, and we made some all-star team together. Um, he Funny, South Carolina was independent then. They weren't in the SEC yet. They had just left the ACC, 
and they had to wait a year before they went into the Southeastern Conference. But um, I played against him. Then he went to Green Bay, and I, I think he got injured up there because he was on pace to do some really great things too. Sterling Sharp was a good football player. Largent, another guy that was kind of like Marvin Harrison, really reliable, um, like Tim Brown, like that. I never thought Tim Brown was exceptional. You got exceptional wideouts in the game today. Tremendously skilled players. I think they're more skilled today. Um, or how about this? I'll take it back. I think they're more athletic today. They are as athletic as I've ever seen when it comes to the wide receiver position. Just as athletic as you could possibly get out. But again, circling back here. Here, let me take a timeout. I want to I close this conversation up on listening to Howie. It's really a classroom learning lesson and listening when how he sees the construction of the team. He, it's simpler than I thought. I, I, I may have been overcooking it a little bit. I'll tell you how. Next, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. 
And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Don't forget, Jason Cole's on for a reason. I'm putting him on for you. Seals, he does his show from the Walmart. Who cares? Jason's plugged into the NFL. He's a Hall of Fame voter, and we're trying to get Eric Allen in, or at least to be debated. Help me out. Your Philadelphia media is not. I'm the only one helping Eric Allen. Do you know that? I am the only one pushing for him. So just a little bit. Have you heard any media guy in Philadelphia banging on the drum for Eric Allen to be heard at the upcoming NFL Hall of Fame meetings? Keep putting Eric Allen's name in the box when he's on. Uh, Somebody will vote him in. Ask Leslie O'Neill how that's going for the Chargers. Leslie O'Neill's got over 120 sacks. He's not in the Hall of Fame. But they put Fred Dean in. Why? Well, because Eddie Dean pimped him and pushed him. Fred Dean? Right? I mean, Leslie O'Neill, still waiting. It could be, dude, I know it's a popularity contest. You know what's really clouding the judgment on the Hall of Famers? I don't say clouding the judgment. I should take that back. Um, it, it, there's so many wideouts now that it's log jamming everything. Dude, it won't shock me one day if there's like, I mean, the majority of the guys are wideouts going into the Hall of Fame. Wideouts pretty soon. Do you guys not agree? Pretty soon, the honor of going to the Hall of Fame is going to be dominated by what? Wideouts and quarterbacks. And it's going to be a quarterback wide receiver honor. And you're going to have to really look. The Joe Thomases, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Okay? Here, here's something here, too. I'm going to make this point here. I'm going to get to the how we spin um, here in a second. I want to finish that up here. Um. I think all first year and free agents should have mandatory minicamp in their first year. And if you're a free agent coming to a new team, I think it should be mandatory that you go and the coaches get the ability to talk to you and coach you for all of the minicamps. Okay. I don't think you need to have Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey there. I don't think you have to have all them dudes. But the new dudes have to get acclimated to the league. So this is what the Eagles are doing. And by the way, I get it. I completely understand it. Watch this. How do you get better on six practices? And then when you get to training camp, they have no two-a-days. They don't give a shit about exhibition football. They care more about the controlled scrimmages. You're never going to see Jalen Hurts in an exhibition game. And then guess what? You're going to play. 
So there's going to be so limited opportunity to coach these guys. How are you going to put something together? So, I mean, and with a younger team, as we said, it just doesn't seem. Yale, Yale goes talent. Well, well, I'll ask you one more time, Yale. Does the most talented team win the Super Bowl? Ask the Celtics. Ask the Bucks. Ask the Bruins. <clears throat> Ask any one of those teams that thought they were the best. You got into a situation and you got beat. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I, I'm uh, to me again. I would like to see first year guys all together with the free agents sitting together and having some type of practice. And then you can have your six practices where you bring everyone together. And then that to me makes more sense because if I'm a veteran guy and I got a rookie next to me and he doesn't know where to line up, you're impeding on my time to get better. Are you not? Don't you slow the whole process down? If you got guys next to you that don't know what to do. That's why you put these kids in these camps and you have a mandatory OTAs for these guys. Rookie camp OTAs, mandatory first year, and if you're a if you're a veteran free agent, maybe you give them the option so that you can go down the line of the collective bargaining agreement. Okay? And maybe it's an option. But you got to give these guys the ability to get acclimated because it's, it's it, dude, six practices, training camp, September, go play. I don't know. Is that enough for N'Kobe Dean? N'Kobe Dean, the only work he's getting right now is chalkboard work. That's not enough. You got to see that shit. You see, you study it, and some of you are gonna go. He's smart. That's it's not the question of being smart. There's two things you have to be. You've got to digest the information, then you've got to apply it. Okay, just because you know, your experience doesn't tell you what it is until you see it on the field and play it until you apply it. Dude, just because you can do surgery on a heart doesn't mean you're an open-heart surgeon, does it? Hey, I learned it in the books. Hey, I passed the test, too. Wouldn't you want a guy who at least had done a couple open-heart surgeries before a guy opened your chest up? That's how I look at playing football. You're telling me that, guess what? Well, Sills, you know, the Kobe Dean's doing a lot of studying. Coaches are helping him a lot, and he knows what he's doing. Well, again... <clears throat> just because you read it in a book doesn't call yourself a lawyer. You have to apply it. And so, I don't, you know, and, and it, some of you, and, and you're going, well, I have great faith. Okay, you should. He's a third round pick. You should have great faith in him. <laughs> 
I saw it. Forte goes, I saw it on television. That's why I could stay at a um, Holiday Inn Express. Hey, by the way, Forte, should I pl- I stayed at a Holiday Express three months ago. I could go into the Eagle system right now and play three technique. You know, I stayed at a Holiday Express. I even got my points. <laughs> I'm good. I'm ready to rock. I want to finish up my Howie take. It was a great interview with Chris Long. Also, a little bit more on culture here. Some NFL news. Um, God, there's a ton. Sources say. Hey, sources say that uh, D-Hop's going to the Cowboys. Whatever. All right. Hit the like button. Power Hour's coming up. Our Hall of Fame voter, Jason Cole, is going to join us at 5.30 Eastern. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Oh, 
hour, number three. Appreciate you coming aboard. By the way, Bob Myers steps down as the general manager of the Golden State Warriors. Hey, Daryl Morey, one little note to you. Get your shit together or I'm going to hire that guy. I'm going to hire that guy. Okay? He knows the dynasty in Golden State was up. And he didn't want to be the one to have to tell Draymond Green he's not coming back because they're not giving him a max deal. Go get him. Okay? Go get Bob Myers. Bob Myers taking over for Embiid. Okay? So you'd have Nick Nurse and you would have Bob Myers as kind of the thing you're trying to build like the Eagles have with structure in your organization. Be the best thing Josh Harris has done. Instead of doing those dumbass moves like getting Elton Brand in the building. Give me a break, guy. Do what's best for your fans for at least one time. Okay? At least one time, act like it. Okay. Um, Skip Bayless today compared Mozzie Smith to Reggie White. I almost fell off my chair. A third-round guy who went in the first round because the Cowboys do what is their famous thing they like to do. Two things, really. Overpay and overhype. Here's the prime example of a mouthpiece that is in the media that the Cowboys have. You want to know why the Dallas Cowboys have the biggest brand in football? Well, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, Michael Irvin, Skip Bayless, and you have a ton of honks who don't tell you the truth. Philly has a little bit of that because there's a lot of pom-pom waving in Philly when it comes to the birds. Okay, there is. But it's hard to it's hard to bitch at Philadelphia right now when they're not losing a lot. You know, you you come down hard on teams. Dude, you know what you don't do? You do not come down on a team like the Eagles for going after Jalen Carter. If he fails, I would have too. I'm not going to sit here. See, this is what a lot of sports guys will do. They'll sit there and see a bad move like Jalen Rager. And if Howie Roseman justifies that move and the general, see, he's getting killed because Jefferson, who was taken after him, is turning out to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. So be it. Okay. And again, this is what he talked about the other day about being conservative. And hearing some of the things, because you know, you know, can I tell you, what do you think rubbed him wrong about Jefferson? Can I tell you a little story? Tone, what do you think rubbed, what do you think rubbed Howie the wrong way? about Jefferson. Okay. The organization was conservative. What do you think? You guys have to know this story. Holy cow. Not even you tone. Doug wanted a burner. Jefferson was a slot guy.
What school did I, what? I buried it. What school did Jefferson go to? Went to LSU. No, no, no. And how he's a Florida guy. Was Beckham on the sideline giving him money at the national championship game? Or wasn't or was it the time before at the Georgia game when Beckham was on the sideline and he was flashing money? in front of the cameras. It was either the title game or the year before at the Georgia game. Do you remember that? Beckham being around them guys? Beckham's considered a loose cannon a little bit. Ed Ogeron said that a lot of a lot of guys were turned off by that that were scouts. All them guys were like, you know, they they were like, they love Odell Beckham. How we looked at that and went, Rager safer. Rager safer. That's why he, when he talked that the other day, Ogeron sent me a text and he goes, hey, your boy admitted that he got spooked on Jefferson a little bit because he was Odell Beckham's guy. Got a little spooked. Kind of makes sense. Any Because anything could frighten you. This is why Jalen Carter, the Eagles, were not going to allow the talk to talk them out of one of the top three players in the draft, like it did Jefferson. That's why he referenced that. We were not going to be conservative this time around. Jefferson had an, had had a reputation, according to Coach Ogeron, that was loose, loud, and had a lot of people around him, had a posse, had all them things around him. Rager wasn't safe. Had, had none of that. Okay? This is why this year, the, Ra- the Jalen Carter pick makes so much sense. He took Jalen Carter because he didn't take Justin Jefferson. That's my take on that. Because Jefferson, with the reputation he had at LSU, with all those talented wide receivers, big mouth guy, loud. He's loud now. He's just in Minnesota. You just don't know it. But you hear him barking, I'm the best wide receiver in the game. These guys don't like that shit. Spook the Eagles. Okay? Especially in a position where you're coming off winning a Super Bowl. Got a good culture in the building. You don't want loudmouths in there. You don't want another T.O. The whole T.O. stuff kind of maybe even wore that thing out a little bit. 
Okay? Yale goes like this. Geez, isn't that funny? Jefferson had a lot of can't-miss conversation around him. So did Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter had a lot of conversation about him also. That wasn't positive, and neither did Jefferson. You remember all those guys, Beckham on the sideline, handing him money, national championship game. Here's a hundred, giving him a thousand. He handed him a thousand dollars a piece. ABC television. The guys are taking the money. I was like, holy shit. Dude, do you know what all Beckham is still barred from the LSU campus? Because of that move, the NCAA has barred him from going to his campus because of that move. And and so now he was not going to he was not going to be conservative. How he didn't pick that guy Jefferson because Jefferson had a little bit more bravado around him. And remember he said it, he goes because he was talking to Mike Florio like this. We we maybe have had been a little bit too conservative in how we drafted. I remember he was he was talking to Mike Florio how he got to Jalen Carter. And then he referenced Rager. Howie Rose, it wasn't about Doug and Howie. It was about good and not sure. Howie didn't want to go down that line again. I'll tell you something. He's been doing a lot of the media rounds, and he's kind of giving you a little bit more than I thought that he'd give and how he sees shit. Don't you, don't you agree, Yale? He got spooked on Jefferson because Jefferson and all the things that went on with those LSU guys. Remember something. LSU was constantly under the gun with the NCAA because of all the money that was going around the program at the time. You think a guy who's 60 and 19 and wins a national title, Ed Ogeron, and his conduct when it came to women on campus, plus the university itself, you fire a guy 60 and 19 that was the only coach that was giving it back to Saban at the time. It wasn't Kirby Smart yet. LSU was beating those teams. LSU was beating those teams. You fired Ed Ogeron, who won a national title, was 60 and 19, and won an SEC championship in the Saban era. One of the greatest recruiters of all time. But he would take guys on the edge. Shit, he's been on this show four times. I love Coach O. Told me a story about Jefferson. He goes, You know why your boy didn't take him? I was like, Who? He goes, you know why Howie Roseman, did, he passed on Jefferson? He thought he had a character issue. Ooh. But, th- but it was Doug. No. Don't you know Roseman and scouts talk to head coaches in college football? I said, so the Eagles thought that Jefferson had a had a had an issue with his character. Yeah.
<laughs> it was Doug. No, it had nothing to do with Doug. I'm sure Doug wanted more impact. Hey, I'm, I'm probably saying this to you. Doug probably wanted more more say when it came to the personnel that they were adding to the team, and that probably rubbed everything wrong too. But Jalen Rager was taken because he's safer than Justin Jefferson. He was safer. Had nothing to do with ability. Who in their right mind do you remember played wide receiver at TCU where you would go, hey, that's a factory like Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama are when it comes to wide receivers, even USC, TCU? (laughs) I mean, I get the running backs, okay? They've had a bunch of great running backs play in the NFL. But wide receivers? Shit, they just drafted a kid this year. Good luck. You might as well be drafting somebody out of North Dakota State. Yeah. Mm. General managers. Real quick before I get to, to Jason Cole at the bottom of the hour, I will say this one thing that your Eagle team has done. You guys pick the best backup quarterbacks in the last 15 years. Didn't Jeff Garcia win a playoff game for you guys when McNabb got hurt? Foles wins a Super Bowl. I mean, now you get Marcus Mariota. They have done such a good job. They have done such a good job at the backup quarterback position. I'm thinking McNabb gets hurt. Garcia wins a playoff game. Vic even, right? Vic coming in and playing. Vic was a backup when he came in. And then Foles, and now you have Mariota. I mean, it's really pretty impressive. You know, you may not be landing on the one guy, which is hard enough, but you have something here. Don't you think the 49ers would have liked to have had plan B? Get this. The 49ers were on plan C, and for the NFC title game, they went from plan C to plan Z. They had nothing in the middle there. They were not prepared for the NFC title game. The Eagles have been prepared. Whatever you think of Gardner Minshew, okay? He wasn't terrible. It was terrible play calling last year that hurt him. Okay? The 49ers, they were a creature of their own miscalculation in that NFC title game. Because unlike the Eagles, the Eagles are prepared at that position. They actually now have somebody that's kind of a dual-threat guy themselves, has had some marginal success, has a name. You know why it's important to have a name? So when he gets into a huddle and it's third quarter and it's the NFC title game, they're still going to look at Marcus Mariota and everyone in that huddle is going to go, you know, he has won games. Instead of looking at somebody who, quite frankly, is Christian McCaffrey, and he's out of position. You have no shot to win. You have no shot to win when you do two 
these two moves. Look at the difference between San Francisco and look at the difference between the Eagles. When you're in that NFC title game and your quarterback gets banged up and you put Josh Johnson in, who's on 16 teams, and then he gets hurt, and then you bring in Christian McCaffrey, there's not a chance in hell you're winning that game. Game's over. Game's over. Philadelphia, it's not that far of a cliff fall. That's what saved the Cowboys season. Cooper Rush came in, put a good season together, and saved their season. That guy will play 17 years like Chase Daniels did in this league now because him saving the Cowboys season last year. That's all that guy needed to do. Look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, do you know he has more passing yards than Terry Bradshaw and Troy Aikman? Is that not wild? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick has more passing yards than Aikman and Bradshaw and Steve Young. Crazy. Crazy. All right, let me – hey, by the way, Cole's going to join us soon. Eric Allen. Um, I want to finish this up with Howie. It was quite the lesson listening to him, how he was talking to Chris Long. I recommend the interview. Chris did a great job. Chris is getting better and better. If I were Fox, I'd have him part of my broadcast because he's good. And – Chris was asking all the right questions and, you know, how he was talking about how he learned, you know, from R.C. Buford, the former general manager of the Spurs, about hiring great people that you want to go to work with every day. And he was talking about, like, evaluating players. He said, what we're trying to do now is we're trying to do something here in Philadelphia and what the team is going to look like in three years. What's the league going to look like in three years? That's a great perspective. What do you think the team's going to look like? And what do you think the league will look like in three years? The fullback position is obsolete now. Does anybody run a fullback outside of San Francisco? Does anybody run a fullback? I mean, that position has been terminated in all essence, right? That, that that's a position that's completely gone. It's it's completely gone except in San Fran. Okay. I think more teams are going to be in nickel. And pretty soon, I think the National Football League is going to resemble the Arena League, where you're going to be throwing the ball every play. You're that's why Howie's looking at the linebacker position and he thinks it's obsolete. And the running back position is obsolete. And they're phasing those positions out where you could just get by with guys. In my lifetime, I never thought wide receivers would be higher paid than running backs. I mean, what do you think is a more physical position? Running back or wide out? It's running back. And teams don't want to invest. This is why Jerry doesn't win titles anymore. He hasn't evolved. The Eagle offense is evolving. You went from Wentz, Vic, Foles, McNabb, 
into what you have now. You've never had a quarterback like this guy, maybe Vic. And the offense is evolving. The Cowboys aren't evolving. They're still running the 1984 Dallas Cowboy offense. Power eye right, power eye left. But they're trying to do something different now. That's why they blew out Zeke. Okay? They're moving off of Zeke and moving more into a back like DeAndre Swift. Or get this. Guess guess what kind of running back? is wanted in today's NFL. Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey is the running back that every league wants now, or team wants in the league. Catch, run, block. Um, He's tremendous in open field. There's a reason he makes $20 million a year. He's a modern-day Brian Westbrook. Westbrook was ahead of his time. The Eagles still a ground-and-pound team. And he was the guy that kind of elevated their offense. And I've said this before to you. I think on a consistent basis, in the last 20 years, Brian Westbrook was the most productive offensive football player outside of a quarterback that you had in that building. T.O. may have had a great year, but he wasn't consistent. And he didn't put the numbers up as a Philadelphia Eagle like Westbrook did. Westbrook was the most complete. Shady, maybe. Okay. He was tremendous. Absolutely uh, 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 tremendous. You know, b- before I bring in Jason Cole here, I, w- I, w- I want to re- reset something here a little bit about um, this, this so-called story from The Athletic about Aaron Rodgers. I just want you guys to understand something that, you know, what people will do, they'll make stories and put anonymous sources out there. Ask yourself this question. If Aaron Rodgers was trying to get his general manager fired, why would the Packers draft a guy and then give him two years later, $150 million? I mean, they signed him to that $150 million deal after. Boy, that's some adversarial relationship you have with your GM. Nobody said those two guys liked one another at the end. Thing went south. But so you drafted a quarterback. He wins the MVP. Then you give him $150 million. And then you say you tried to get the guy who gave him $150 million fired. All right. Let's let's sift through all this stuff here. Our friend Jason Cole joins us now. Don't forget. And I know him. He'll... He'll he'll side with his guys. It's all right. I got it. I know. I'm the player. You're the guy here. <laughs> I, I know. Come on, man. Have you ever put a story out, Jason, where you said anonymous source? Well, yeah, I've put out a lot of stories with anonymous sources. Yeah, but they, but they're actually they're pe- were people, yes. But you have integrity. <laughs> <laughs> Depend, depends on who you're talking to, but okay. Well, I, I, I think you do. Yeah. By the way, make yeah. sure you go to Amazon. And Jason's got a book here that I think every father and mother who has an aspiring, not just athlete, aspiring. I'll leave it there. You can fill. If you got a kid, if you got a kid, if you got a kid who's playing sports or doing something fun or is singing or. Doing some activity where they're going to be on stage and everybody's going to look at them, or they're going to be on the field and everybody's going to look at them. Buy the book. 
by the it's it's a good piece of advice to get you through what you are about to do yourself or what you're about to face along the way. Love it. Jace, does D Hop have anything left in the tank in your opinion to change a team's fortunes um on potentially being a Super Bowl favorite? Ooh, Super Bowl favorite. Mm-hmm. Can he change the room for your like if you put him on the Jags or you put him on Kansas City, not not that they need him. They won without him. Yeah. But um, I think he would help with the Jags because they don't have their receivers aren't big post up type of guys generally. They got uh, Ridley on the other side who they're working in off that suspension. Ridley's Ridley's more of a complimentary wide receiver. He's not a number one. Um and he's more of a speed guy. He's not a big physical guy. Um, I think D Hop would help in Jacksonville. I mean, like I think he helps a lot of things. Is he a pure number one where you're throwing 110? You know what? You're throwing 150 passes, expecting to get 100 to 120 catches out of him um, during the season and have him change the game. Probably not. You probably can't depend on him to play a full season like that, but I think can you spot him in and can be a 60 to 70 catch guy who is really good for you in the red zone and creates matchup problems depending on how you work him against certain coverages and certain secondaries. Absolutely. I think, I think he's a valuable part. He just, he's not worth the money they were paying him and and nobody was going to pay that salary. And especially with the cap hits, too, they weren't going to pay it here. And for those who think he's going to get $23 million on May 31st when most of the caps are set right now, in my opinion, I think he's high. Do you, would you wait for the trading deadline? Would you, would you let to see how the thing plays out and maybe somebody gets a little bit um, anxious? Well, I thought they cut him today. Didn't they officially? They officially cut him. He's yeah, officially they officially cut him. Cut him. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he's out there. Look, I think he's, he's not getting $23 million, Jason. Well, not unless there's a ton of incentives and that includes the Super Bowl MVP incentive. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. But you can build a contract that has some big numbers for him if he's able to come back on it. So it's a make good contract, real contract. That's not what we traditionally know as, you know, he's getting a three-year, $60 million contract with – 30 guaranteed no he's not getting anything like that but he'll get he'll get a contract where there are some really good make good numbers and some things that you know if he gets say 60 70 80 100 catches along the way that builds up and postseason builds and then etc etc but like to me i would put him on the ravens um i think he can be really good with a guy like you know lamar jackson i would put him on how about the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I'd put him on the Cowboys. I think he's better than that, what they've got. Um, you think DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is better than CeeDee Lamb? No, no, no. I think CeeDee Lamb's, CD Lamb's the guy. He's the okay. engine of their receiving core. I'm talking about get a guy who creates matchup problems for you. And I think that that's what Don, DeAndre Hopkins does for you. He creates matchup issues for you at this stage of his career now can he the big question and i don't know this is physically can you can you maybe get another season or two out of him 
Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago, we were asking the same kind of question about Julio Jones, and we got the answer. The answer was no. He, you know, Julio couldn't keep it together physically anymore to do it. And that question remains with DeAndre Hopkins. The answer is probably that's why you spot him in and you don't play him a full season. You, know, you rest him here a game or two here or there, and you hopefully make him get, get through the season and you're ready for the playoffs with him. Um, do you believe I made a comment in the last hour here? I think that the Eagles are the only team in the NFC that can win the Super Bowl. I think the AFC is so loaded that there's nobody else until San Francisco figures out the quarterback position. Um, call me and let me know when they figure that thing out. They haven't. Um, well, is it I mean, like, it's gonna be Brock, it's gonna be Brock Purdy, and San Francisco has the defense to win a Super Bowl. Because defense, you can win defensive games in a in a Super Bowl situation. You think they're better so, than forty? You think they're better than Philly? No, no, no. I didn't say that. I think Philly's okay. a better team. I, I think better Philly's a better team, and they proved that on the field. Um, now I would, you know, you'd like to have seen a fair fight, you know, where San Francisco has the quarterback all game, et cetera. But no, I think Philly's better, and Philly, you know, comes within a play of winning the Super Bowl last year. I just think. I would say this. I think San Francisco's defense for a playoff situation is slightly better than Philly's defense in a playoff situation. Just because they, I I just think, and we're talking about degrees. We're not talking huge gap. I just think, think, yeah, I think the, the 49ers defense is a little bit better than Philly's defense. And you can give me all the stats you want about this and that. I just you know, when you watch them both play, San Francisco's defense looks like they can really truly shut some people down, whereas Philly does it with a little bit more smoke and mirrors, especially on the back end. Is Geno Smith a one-year wonder? Um, I mean, Jace, ninety percent of his career has been just unimpressive. Well, it's I. What do you? I mean, what are you wondering? Though? Like, is it? He wasn't a superstar last year. He was okay, right? Like, can he, he had be, better passing numbers? Be, than hurts. Yeah. Okay. You. We can talk numbers all you want. When you watched him play, did he scare you? No. No. He. When he watched him play, you go, "This is a good, average starting quarterback in the NFL," right? He's some, as I always like to say, he is some derivation of Alex Smith. How dare you bring perspective into what the position should look like anyway on a normal basis? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, but, you know, he's just an average guy, you know? Like, he gets you through a season, you know? Can you go eight and nine, nine and eight? Yeah, if you've got some superstars around him, maybe you're a little bit better. If you don't, you're a little bit worse, but he's he's your prototype league average guy. You got to pay him because you got to have one. But he he ain't a superstar. He's just he's not that guy. And so and that's why they were flirting with the idea of taking Anthony Richardson, if you know if if the circumstances had fallen right. Do you think that the Cowboys have been an upgraded quarterback with Dak since Tony Romo? Or do you think it's been pretty much the same? What's that old song from the talking head? Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. <laughs> maybe maybe Dak, 
Well, you can't say he protected the ball because last year he led the league in interceptions. I mean, he's just – he's – Like, when you see Dak, do you see Kirk Cousins? I see a little bit better. I see a little bit better player than Kirk, but I don't – but it's not it's not overwhelmingly better. It's the same old thing. Third down – when it comes to third down and critical, right? Third down, you're in a playoff game. It's third and eight, and you got to fit one in a tight window. And you got about four or five passes like that to get yourself through a really critical game, either late in the regular season or it's in the playoffs. And Dak Prescott is your guy. How many of those passes do you expect to complete if you got to throw four or five of them? Two? Right. The great ones do four. The great ones do three or four. The good ones do two. The bad ones do zero or one. Dak is in that two, one or two range. He just mi- he misses on those critical throws in critical situations when the pressure is on. It's just that's what he is. He's you know, but he's got uh, he's got ability. You know, he's got he's got he's got look. Always remember, you've got to get through the regular season to even put yourself in position to be in a playoff game like that. Okay. So that maybe if you're lucky and everything goes right, you can avoid having to have your quarterback have to make four or five big plays in a game. Right. That's what you're hoping for with Dak Prescott. Well, that's worth a lot of money. Yeah. Just to get to that point. When I see him, Jason, and I Mm -hmm. look at Dak Prescott and I'm paying him $49 million. I don't see a Super Bowl. I don't see why I should, at the end of this year, extend him when I just don't see. I mean, look when I look at when I look. Hey, at right, hey remember the year? Right, let me let's just let's just play this though. You want to go back? Who was the kid? Quinn, Quinn Carter. What was his name? What was Quincy Carter? Okay, you Quincy want to go back Carter. To you want to go back to Quincy Carter? No, I no. Do you want to go back to that? Do that merry-go-round that you had post Aikman to Roma, which did have a little Bledsoe in there, but Bledsoe like trying hard at the end of his career to try and kind of keep it together, right? Like, I mean, like everybody, everybody says this. Oh, the guy's not quite worth it. You, you got to find guys who can play the position consistently. You got to find guys who can make you competitive week in and week out. Dak Prescott does that. For all of his faults, he's really good. Is he special like a Mahomes? Is he special like, um, you know, some of the other great, you know, the Bradys in the world? No, he's not. He's had enough time to prove that, and he's not done it yet. But You know, I think that this era of quarterbacking is coming back down, okay, where you don't have to necessarily have those guys, especially on the NFC side. Look, Jalen Hurts. I really like Jalen Hurts. But is he truly that special guy? Yeah. We'll see. I I think we need – Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But we don't don't, know. No, I don't know. Right. So you're just trying – like, okay – can I get right now get through the NFC with Dak Prescott and maybe get to a Super Bowl if I improve other things around my team? I think I got a shot. And then I'm taking one game against whatever comes at me from the AFC. Is he Joe Burrow? No. 
Is he, you know, Josh Allen? No. Is he this guy? And jo even Josh Allen is kind of up and down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Justin Herbert, up and down. The guys, the, the, who are the guys that you really, truly trust in the, in the AFC side? You trust Aaron Rodgers to make those kind of throws, right? You trust Joe Burrow to make those kind of throws. You trust Patrick Mahomes, okay? And then there's another level down. I mean, Baltimore's got the same situation. They just paid a guy for five years who I don't think can – I don't think is – in a playoff situation, I don't think he's better than Dak. I'd rather have Dak in a big playoff game than Lamar at this point in time. But I know that the, the, the beauty of both Dak and Lamar is – I'm going to get to that playoff game and I'm going to have a shot. And I, and that's hard to do. Jace, I, um, Chris, Chris Long was talking with Howie Roseman yesterday and Chris made a great point. And since you're a hall of fame voter too, I wonder how you look at this when it comes to players, teams, and how you evaluate it. Chris said something. He goes, you know, the 2017 Eagle championship team won the Super Bowl, obviously. But Chris thought the 2022 team was better. Now, I looked at it like that, and I thought this for a second. You know, can you really look at a team and for seven minutes of football in the fourth quarter really make a distinction on how good that team is by the fact that they did not get the ball back? There were mistakes in the game. You can dissect it. I'm not really dissecting the game. But how do you look at that? Because to me, I think the lesser team won the Super Bowl because I look at the roster the Eagles had, I think it's the best roster they've had in the Super Bowl era. Well, all right, let me, let me turn. How let me do you look this, at that? Let me put it this way. I often say it this way. If teams were to play, say, a five or seven games, right? right? Like this was a series. Like, like in the baseball, NBA. In the NBA or, or baseball or hockey, that kind of thing where over a longer period of time, the team that has more talent generally wins, right? If Kansas City and Philadelphia were to play seven games, you would bet Philadelphia would win four games much more often right, yeah, right. Than, than you would bet Kansas City. Yeah. But in any one game, those differences become, you know, tougher. Okay, you know, less significant. So you think right? they're more magnified in games like that? That every I think that, inch I, and I think, yard. Yeah, I think that that I think that that the chances of one team winning one game or you know in any one given situation are much higher than you know beating a team. You know, the lesser team, the lesser team has a better chance of winning one single game. That's this is just playing, you know, game theory. Um, but they, they you, can win you, one game you, versus versus you know winning a seven game series. That's just the way that it always plays out. So yeah, can Kansas City won one of the times that I would say they could they could win a championship? Like I think they would win two or three games out of seven. Well, what happened in the Super Bowl is they got one of those games came up that they can win. It was a high scoring game. It was a bit of a track meet. They got the, their running game going in the second half. They controlled the ball. They got a call to go their way at a critical moment. All those things happened, and they ended up winning the game. But, yeah, overwhelmingly, do I think Philadelphia is a better team? And to take it to your point that you started with, 
Do I think this Eagles team was better than the Eagles team that won a championship? Yes. I think it was more complete. There were fewer holes in this team um, that, that, you know, got to the Super Bowl title. But that team with Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, they got hot at the right time. Everything came together. And to for your them. point, they had the moment. They had the moment. They got the plays going. They had the moment against the Patriots team, which was probably better than them. Not a lot better, but better. Yeah. And they and so so the exact thing that allowed the Eagles to win a championship one year is the same thing that allowed the Eagles to lose this championship this this last year, and that's just what happens in one game. It's, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Do you, last question for you here, do you look when you're evaluating Hall of Fame candidates, like, I know that you cannot believe. Well, Trent, you know, the stupid argument always, well, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl and Dan Marino and Dan Fouts didn't. Know, no, Nobody I... in their right mind is going to go, those that quarterback's better than those well, two. Trent, Dilfer, nobody. Trent Dilfer doesn't would never say that he's a better player. I know. I mean, guys. nobody's right. ever going to confuse Joe Flacco for um, Dan Marino. No, I would say this: winning championships is the point of the game. So, if you win championships, you get a credit point for that. It doesn't make you a better player but it is an argument in your favor because the point of this exercise is to win titles. And if you win enough titles, it increases your argument. Now, does that put Bill Romanowski in the Hall of Fame? No. Does it put Eli? That's a tough one. Now, that's He's a really real... 117 and one, two Super Bowl MVPs, and it's Brady... But if you right. look at the last 10 years, Jace, I don't know. Why do I see an you, overblown Jim Plunkett? Oh no, Jim Plunkett didn't doesn't Jim Plunkett gets more credit because in my mind, and this is a, I'm a Stanford guy. Me so, too. You know, we, we got we gotta do this. But you know, Plunkett Plunkett played with a very bad organization. And who's and his the first five was six years, whatever he played with the Patriots. With the Patriots, Terrible. He, and he was rookie of the year, right? And he got crushed. He just got crushed. Then he went to San Fran. Then yeah. he went to the Raiders. Yeah, and he got, and he got he just got healthy and he got with a good organization. Look, the, the I was looking at Eli this way, and this is a problem. I think Eli held up his end of the bargain in New York. He won two Super Bowls. He did right. And he played in a vicious environment that kills quarterbacks. Rivers would have won okay. four. With with the Giants? With the Giants. And Coughlin. It's, it's great supposition. I have no idea. Okay. But Eli won his two. Had a great career. Played a lot of his career. And I there were a lot of there were a lot of Sundays that he woke up and played. And you would have thought there was a mega kegger at the Delta Chi house the night before. <laughs> right. And they're, you know, like, and he's just winging the ball all over the place. Right. And maybe it's going to my guy and maybe it's five picks, you know, like there were a lot of games like that with Eli, but Eli in critical moments also knew how to shut it down and play 
with every bit of talent he had, and I would argue this, physically, he was more gifted than his brother. Concentration-wise and importance of football and live or die by every last play, not the same as Peyton. Okay. Don't you don't you see Phil Sims, Jim Plunkett, and Eli Manning? I, it's, that's why guy. it's gonna be that's why it's gonna be a brutal argument. It's gonna be brutal, and I don't I got a hard time as much as as much as probably Peyton, we're gonna have a conversation one day and Peyton's gonna kill me for saying this. I got a hard time voting for his brother. But wow. I'm gonna listen. Woo! I got a hard time voting for Eli. But Tone, make sure might, you get this one. It. Yeah, I might, I, I might do it. I mean, I, I my decision is not made because I don't have no, to worry not. about the decision. But I, but there are a lot of really interesting arguments in Eli's favor, and the two Super Bowls are really important to that. Okay, and I do think that look, Richard, you know, as much as you talk about Phil, Phil, Philip Rivers would have won four titles. Richard Todd got destroyed by New York. Plenty of quarterbacks got destroyed playing in New York. Very few have handled the pressure of playing in New York that that effectively. And Eli did it. Eli was a trooper. He made them a competitive a competitive team along with that defense. A lot of things went right. So it's an interesting argument. But God, I just I know, boy. It, there's a, there's just a, there's just a lump in my throat going. You know, like that. It's a hard one to swallow, man. It really is a hard one to swallow because, again, I come back to there were a lot of Sundays where he looked like hungover Eli. You know, just like winging it for the winging it for the Delta Kais. He just did, okay. And I think he would admit that. Jace, I appreciate it. This has been another spectacular conversation. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Anytime, dude. We'll talk to you, you later. You got it. The great Jason Cole. I appreciate you coming aboard. As always, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Hey, Ben, winning. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Well, shit, I don't want to go back anymore. I got about 12 posts from Ben telling me I suck. I love it, Ben. Thank you. Telling me how to do a show. So you would post, get off your, out of your bed next to your loved one. And you thought you would post at least 12 posts. And tell me how bad I am on my show. Ben, thank you. You don't understand how great that is. Thank you for your participation today. Thank you. Oh, Ben. No, no, no. I got your, you win. Of course you win. Because you know why? Big Sills always gives his customers what they want. You need stroking, Ben? There you have it. Congratulations to you. Ben just got stroked. <laughs> Congratulations, Ben. You win. You're an internet assassin. Oh. Congratulations. Wow. What a what a thrill for you knowing me. Isn't that? Hey, hey, Tone, it must be such a thrill for Ben, for me to acknowledge him. You're welcome, Ben. I'm glad I could make your day. You know, because usually, Ben, I, 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 you know, I, you know, hard to get my attention. But I thought that I would give you a little bit of something that maybe would help you today. This is a gift from me to you. Thank you for participating today, Ben. <laughs> ben, I keep up the good work. <laughs> Pat who? <laughs> hey, no, man. Pat has a great show. You know, I think a lot of Pat McAfee and kudos to his success. And I root for him. I root for everyone who's in our business trying to get ahead. 
Dan, I do not want a gift. No, no, no. I just gave you one. My attention. <laughs> ben, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. You could tell Sills wants to hurt his feelings like he does to Niner guy. No, Niner guy. He just, see, the difference between Ben and Niner guy? See, Niner guy is still moaning about the NFC title game and a football play, and he's still like Dumbo Samuel and that crybaby coach of his. Well, you know, well, if we hadn't played with 10 guys on the field, things would have been so much better. We would have won. See, he ain't crying like that. See, Ben is standing on an anthill right now trying to get my attention, and he did it. <laughs> Way to go, dude. He stood on that anthill, and I saw him. <laughs> oh, even today when you're <laughs> uh, 40 whiners, trolls up 2 nothing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I will say this about the CFL, which I love that I played in it. Hey, Ben, I got to show you before I go. Ben, I don't know if you know this. So you're a big CFL guy? Hey, Tony, check it out. This is before we leave. So <clears throat> here's a Saskatchewan Rough Rider contract. Actually, it's a two-year contract. Saskatchewan offered me a deal. Hold on, it gets better. Enclosed, you'll find your contracts. I was offered one by the Toronto Argonauts. Eh, Toronto Argonauts. Big sales. And I had a play. At least a little bit in the CFL, I was the very first player signed by the Las Vegas Posse. And Ray Myers was the coach. And Ray Myers told me, he goes, you got to play one year for me, man. You got to play one year for me. I was supposed to go to SMU, and they didn't have enough money. That's not, <laughs> it's not the, that's not true. That's not true. Maybe. <laughs> hey, maybe. I don't know. Maybe some truth to it. All right. I appreciate you very much. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. Another great day. We so appreciate it. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you. Tone, keep up the spectacular work. We'll see you tomorrow going 3 to 6 Eastern, and we'll see you on the flip side.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.